Troubles and dreams take four. Castles may tumble, that's made after all. Life's really funny that way. Sang the wrong melody, we'll play it back. See what it sounds like, hey, hey. They cut out eight bars, the dirty bastard. <laughs> I didn't know which eight bars he was gonna cut. Why don't somebody tell me these things around here? Holy Christ, I'm going off my nuts. The last bastion of freeform. WCBN FM and Ava. Sounds like a bunch of left-wing hippies to me. <laughs> oh, jeez, that mic is on. The mic's on. Oh, my God. Turn off the microphone. Well, uh, the mic is on, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My name is Dick Whaley. Jim Dwyer is getting settled in as we speak. He's got the red wing hat on. Hello, hello. He's here. And uh, Donald Trump is not, thank God. <laughs> uh, let's just start out with him. Uh, frankly, he had one of the worst weeks of his presidency. Um, it's so bizarre that to, to sort of recreate the events that happened last week, because there were so many of them. Bears, ears, and Trump. Oh, my. Yeah, he's out in... Uh, Utah, trying to... Urging the uh, virtually 90-year-old uh, Orrin Hatch to run again so Mitt Romney won't uh, end up with that seat. Yeah, well, that's part of it. And, of course, the week included... Uh, well, it started out with Trump insulting Native Americans in the White House at a military ceremony, no less. 
Yeah, so why not go to where they live and insult them again? Tweeting, retweeting, or whatever he was doing with some right-wing propaganda hate groups from Great Britain. And then attacking the British uh, critique of what he had done. I don't know if that inspires terrorists abroad, but it might. It sure gives any... (laughs) One who wants to uh, laugh at what an idiot this guy is. Well, I mean, it's 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 fake. It's it's a fake video that he's promoting. Yeah. To pursue his own agenda, of course, we had a another fake incident last week that's uh, exceedingly troubling. But uh, we may as well briefly mention it, uh, given uh, the environment we're living in these days. Last. Monday, the Washington Post revealed that Project Veritas, which uses deceptive tactics in attempts to reveal media bias, I'm reading here from a letter to the editor by Amy Frieder of Rockville, Maryland, a woman working for the Project Veritas falsely claimed to the Post, the Washington Post, that Roy Moore, a presidential Senate candidate, had impregnated her. As a teenager, fortunately for the Post, the woman's unsubstantiated account did not meet the paper's journalistic standards, and the attempt backfired. Unfortunately, the sting attempt was an affront to sexual assault survivors. Now, very briefly, Project Veritas, which in and of itself is a hoax and a fraud, Mm -hmm. is run by James O'Keefe. Famous for doing sting videos uh, over the past several years, highlighting the abortion issue as his main target. This is the guy that went into Louisiana and Texas. He, they pose as fake people, and they get they record people saying things that they then use to try and embarrass organizations. Acorn was one of the targets of one of their journalistic stings. Ironic that their name is Veritas, which means truth, truthfulness. So, so, in creating a false sexual assault story, Project Veritas discredits real victims of sexual assault. False accusations, like the one Project Veritas tried to fabricate, result in real victims and their stories being treated with suspicion and doubt. It's hard enough for victims to come forward courageously and relive the experience, it's even harder to come forward when people doubt these stories. So uh, this woman uh, that was involved in this uh, sting operation had called the Washington Post. They set up a meeting. And clearly they're trying to set up the Post and go, ha ha, you liberal stooge, mouthpiece. Uh, You went with this false story. Trying to connect it to the Roy Moore situation in Alabama. Obviously he's... Sort of resembling uh, the character in occurrence at Owl Creek. <laughs> He's sort of hanging out over the <laughs> over the scaffolding. I don't know if he's going to win, but uh, it never hurts when the Donald gives you an endorsement. Or does it? Or <laughs> we'll find out next week. Yeah, we'll find out next week. And as the week continued, uh, Trump deliberately leaked the story about uh, Tillerson uh, being relieved of duty, 
where that's going, I have no idea. To some extent, I think some of these are just like, oh, this will give the newspaper something to talk that's about what for a is. little bit, and uh, they'll stop talking about uh, the awkwardness of the Mike Flynn situation. Yeah, or what's actually going on with Trump's uh, business empire. How interesting to read about a settlement that Trump paid out uh, over a labor uh, um, settlement from... This is dated from the 28th of November, involving a, a building that Trump had remodeled. And this is back in the 80s when Trump was the rock'em, sock'em real estate developer. He used illegal Polish immigrants to remove asbestos and underpaid them and did all the sorts of things that Donald Trump does. Because, you know, he's all about helping the... The, the working guy. The working guy. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, then it ends with uh, this heinous tax cut uh, that's uh, still up in the air. Obviously, the House and Senate bills are, they have some barges that they need to <laughs> clean up. There's some big gaps between these two bills, so we'll see what happens. Do, what do you think the likelihood of those two things coming together are? I mean, it seems like there's potential for the whole thing to derail. Well, you would think so. My gut feeling tells me that Paul Ryan, who's a little sharper than Mitch McConnell for many reasons. Did you ever notice that he looks a little bit like Eddie Munster? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get that widow's pig going. Keeps going farther and farther down his forehead. Someday he'll look like Count Dracula. But anyway... uh Paul Ryan, to me, uh, he he just wants a political thing. He doesn't care, I don't think, as much about the details. So I think my sense is he's going to say to McConnell, look, you got to come up with the bill. I'll get the votes in the House. And he's got so many retiring teabagger types, another right-wing, uh, people that are not running for re-election, he can probably get them to vote for the bill as a favor to him, even though they oppose the bill. I noticed that Joe Barton is not running for re-election. After another video or some pesky emails resurfaced. And then, of course, there's the Michael Flynn story. Interesting. Bum, ba-dum, bump. Michael Flynn, uh, national security advisor, by the way, in some presidencies have been the most influential man in the cabinet. I uh, think uh, Henry Kissinger. Mm -hmm. McGeorge Bundy, uh, when Johnson was president, was probably the number two man in terms of influence because President Johnson handled domestic policy. Mm -hmm. So while McNamara was the defense secretary with probably the biggest profile, McBundy, who that's the brief nickname that he went by, certainly had more influence than Dean Rusk, the Secretary of State. Right. So different presidencies have, you know, different advisors and cabinet officials that have influence. Now, Michael Flynn was Trump's right-hand man throughout the campaign. He had a keynote speech. He's the one that... Lock her up. Lock her up. If, now, I, did, if I did the kind of things, blah, 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 I'd be in jail. Right. <laughs> hmm. Now, I don't know that he's going to go to jail. He pled guilty. Well, he pled guilty to the one 
charge. There's right. a range of charges that they can still nail him on. Sure. And let's remember that he allegedly took over $500,000 from the government of Turkey. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think that's being looked at, but it's rather remarkable that Donald Trump started to wade into this controversy. Because on Saturday, he claimed, this is what's remarkable, he claimed that he had fired uh, uh, Michael Flynn because of the lies to the FBI. When that's not what happened at all, under any circumstances. So let me read this, because it's remarkable. And it raises a series of new questions. <laughs> Indeed. Dated the 3rd of December. Article by... Um, Co-written by Maggie Haber Haberman, Michael Schmidt, and Michael Shear, By saying on Twitter on Saturday that Mr. Flynn's lies to the FBI had also contributed to his firing, some took that to mean that Mr. Trump was acknowledging that he'd already known in February that Mr. Flynn was untruthful with the Bureau's agents. Any such admission would be important in light of Mr. Trump's efforts that month to persuade James Comey to drop the investigation into Mr. Flynn. So while Mr. Trump's tweet on Saturday raised questions about what he knew, he did not actually write it, according to two people briefed on the matter. It was composed by his top personal lawyer, John Dowd, who was in contact with Mr. Trump's office on Friday and Saturday, trying to, quote, calm him down, after Mr. Flynn's guilty plea. <laughs> okay, one of the other remarkable developments last week was that Donald Trump apparently is now denying that that's him on the Hollywood Access video. <laughs> it wasn't me. It was George Washington. <laughs> I mean, this is becoming more surreal as we go. So I love this phrase, trying to calm him down. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I saw a journalist who works for the Washington Post, investigative guy, who exposed the Hollywood video situation. Uh, the Post basically posted it on their Internet site before NBC revealed the other video aspects of the video. And he noted that when Donald Trump uh, was, was told about this... Uh, event, the Hollywood video exposure, he went into a tirade. Now, the, the reporter did not indicate that it sounded anything like Scaramucci, <laughs> but you get the idea. So trying to calm Donald Trump down. I kind of want to see the tirade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the ashtrays must have been flying. What is it? What, what is Trump's big snack? It's Doritos or something? It's well, the orange dust that gets on your finger from the Cheetos, he just rubs into his face. That's what it is. He's the orange pawpaw man. <laughs> and that's the fruit pawpaw. Oh, wait a minute. Pawpaw's got other meanings that we don't want to go into. It's family hour. Yeah, but well, maybe that's uh, pawpaw. It's <laughs> what uh, Trump refers to when he uh, gives a shout out to Roy Moore. Go get him, Roy. <laughs> He uses the bullhorn. That's a guy who 
Treats the ladies with the respect that uh, President of the United States himself does. And he'll be paying a visit any day now, I'm sure. There's still a debate as to whether that's going to happen. To meet the Alzalea Trail girls. Remember them? Mm. <laughs> in sessions. And they the were, cotillion. They were all dressed up in their those colorful petticoats. Looking like Scarlett O'Hara. I do declare. Well, now, in retrospect, those may have been defensive uh, costumes that those ladies were wearing. Yeah, the corsets were on underneath the, those wide petticoats. Um, so, yeah, it's funny that Mr. Dowd apologized to the White House for the tweet, saying he should have been more careful with his language <laughs> and trying to parrot a statement. I think well, a lawyer would be a little sharper than that. Now Trump has decided to double down, and he's now accusing Hillary Clinton of lying to the FBI. Uh, no evidence is, uh, exists to support that. In fact, the FBI pretty much <laughs> cleared her uh, in public statements. And there's no evidence that she lied to the FBI, unfortunately, for Mr. Trump. So this is just one more well, dodo bird mess that Mr. Trump finds himself in while uh, Lindsey Graham implores him not to talk so much, to keep it quiet. Obstruction of justice is part of the congressional investigation. Well, in the latest, well, among the latest, because yes. there's a series of late developments today, one involving Manafort that we'll talk about in a second, I suppose. But uh, in one of the bizarro world uh, developments today, uh, Trump's lawyer is uh, asserting that uh, the president can't be accused of obstruction of justice because he, he quite simply can't commit that offense because he's the chief law enforcement officer in the land and has the right to intercede in any matter that he deems appropriate. Wait a minute. That sounds like Richard Nixon's appearance with David Frost. If the president does it, it's not wrong. It's not illegal. Well, in point of fact, it, there are laws that can be broken by the president, too. Yeah, and, and of course, the, the, you know, the, congre the constitutional uh, debate uh, means that only Congress can remove the president under impeachment. But I got news for Trump's lawyer. I don't know whether this was the mustachioed Ty Cobb. Or Mr. Dowd. This is Dowd. <laughs> Might not be there much longer. Uh, they should go have another loud lunch someplace. Of course, Donald Trump wasn't troubled by this uh, this video, uh, this this tweet. He didn't actually distance himself no. from it. He just changed his story yet again. Uh, he he's the whirling dervish. Blimey, he's a whirling dervish. He keeps changing his story. I can't figure out where he stands on anything anymore. Yeah, it's it's so, getting. He's not a politician, though. It's getting. He's just a straight talking guy. Ridiculous. Uh, you know, call me. Well, he was fired by Trump, uh, I believe, in May of 2017. But the key question remains, Mr. Trump: Why did you fire Sally Yates, the acting attorney general, who brought the Flynn dirt? To, to your to your the attention of your White House lawyer, 
a guy's name who's escaping me at the moment. McGann. McGann, that's it. Um, why was she fired before Flynn? <laughs> yep. Inquiring minds wish to know, and that's part of the more than troubling chronology here, uh, particularly given the fact that Michael Flynn, as part of the guilty plea, has switched sides. He's cooperating with Mueller. Mueller. And he's got good reason to. His son is on the hook. He's on the hook for a number of very, very serious offenses, some of which are tantamount to treason. And these are, you know, these are prosecutorial tools that are used in which witnesses and guilty people plead guilty in exchange for testimony, truthful testimony. Now, Flynn... um, there, there's hardly anybody in the Trump campaign higher than Flynn. I mean, Trump's running out of fall guys in this scandal. Well, they already know that there were direct communications from a high-ranking uh, campaign official at Mar-a-Lago to Flynn, acknowledging, yes, go ahead with these contacts with sure. the Russians. Uh, proceed apace. And this was during the transition period, by the way, when... Right. The Obama administration was uh, coming up with some mild, very mild sanctions um, against Russia because of their interference in the election. Then on the subject of sanctions against Russia, the current Congress under the current president uh, overwhelmingly passed uh, a reminder to, yes, sanctions against Russia. Do that. Yes, please. But Trump has yet to enforce that. So the only person he doesn't attack or go after is Putin's Russia. Well, if only he can get Scott Pruitt on the job. He enforces everything. <laughs> uh, nothing. He enforces nothing. So, yeah, it's it's just been a remarkable a week of fraud, disinformation. Trump even claimed that uh, he's not going to benefit from the tax cut bill that just passed. A remarkable claim. By the way, the, the the companies that are going to benefit are in the Dow. One, you've been wondering why the, the Dow Jones Industrial has been going up in the last uh, six months uh, to, to new heights. It's at an all-time high. It's going to uh, read the uh, amounts involved here of the companies uh, holding profit outside the United States. Apple, $230 million, billion, $230 billion Pfizer 197 billion Microsoft 124 billion GE 82 billion IBM 71.4 billion those are the top fives but and for regular schmucks who earn a living you're not even going to be able to deduct your state and local taxes and the remaining five are well-known uh, companies that are also in the Dow. Uh, they're going to be the main beneficiaries of this middle-class tax cut. <laughs> and if any of the people that voted for this heinous bill believe that any of these companies are going to move this money back from Jersey, and I'm talking about the island of Jersey, not the state. <laughs> Not the state run by the uh, Mogali. Chris Christie does 
bear a little bit of a resemblance to Jim Neighbors, who passed away. Well, their this, careers are both dead. <laughs> passed away this past this past week, affectionately known as Gomer Pyle. I don't know who the Gomer Pyle in the White House is at the moment, <laughs> but his job security <laughs> is tentative uh, because I think that uh, whoever played the sergeant, that's that's how Trump behaves. <laughs> He's a shouter. Snarling. Bullhorn. Uh, so, yeah, this is this is an unbelievable thing. And Trump had the amazing chutzpah to claim, I'm not going to benefit at all. Trust me. <laughs> this is unbelievable. This is a guy whose documented lies are now over 1,500 <laughs> in 10 months. In other words, it's, it's about five a day. It's amazing <laughs> to think about that. So and he doesn't even buy I me mean, the, the the advice that you always get, you know, when you're a kid about, oh, well, don't tell lies, tell the truth, because it's too hard to keep track of the lies, and the truth is easy to keep straight. Trump doesn't even worry about keeping the lies straight. No. He just comes up with a new one, tailor-pitched to the audience of chumps in front of him. Right. And then he'll one day say that, well, I fired, you know, he'll make up a story. I'll, I fired Flynn because he lied to the FBI and then use that lie to, to, to attack Hillary Clinton and say, they're ruining his life. He's a good man. She lied to the FBI and they're not doing anything right. when there's no evidence that she did. Uh, her, her testimony, by the way, was on the email scandal. Interesting how some of these pesky emails uh, keep intruding here into the into the Russian uh, investigation, where Trump keeps asserting collusion, no collusion, no collusion, none, none, none. It's like, well, nobody's accusing you of collusion. <laughs> We're accusing you of stupidity. Well, in the the uh, tweet about uh, uh, Flynn, uh, Hillary lied and uh, she got nothing. Um... I've, I've lost my point here. So, right. Well, he he that that was his his talking point for today to cover up for the, oh, bad, I know the, the I, bad weekend that he had. I remember what it was now. Uh, Flynn uh, didn't have anything to hide, so nothing he did was illegal. There was nothing to hide. Was the language that he used? Well, if there was nothing to hide. Why did he not declare any of those meetings on the necessary documents when he was? attaining the position of national security director. Yeah, and I think that you have to, by the way, note that, that Jeff Sessions has now been exposed as committing perjury several times in congressional testimony. And while I'm not going to suggest immediately that there's a connection between the sudden problem that Al Franken finds himself in, there may be a connection. Let's remember mm -hmm. that Al Franken was the questioner of Jeff Sessions. Pretty aggressively. Pretty aggressively, and they might want to get him in some embarrassing compromise situation using, well, a DJ who might have had bad ratings out in L.A. I don't know any details about her radio show or her former television personality, but low ratings might explain that. Well, I would imagine that the Senate Ethics Committee will look into the accusations and 
you know, maybe draw some conclusions that suggest. And that's what he's called for. Exactly. And then, of course, how fascinating to see that Garrison Keillor, who wrote an op-ed piece in the Washington Post on Tuesday, in which he called the senator's resignation pure absurdity and dismissed a photograph of the Democrat with his hands on a woman's chest as something, quote, in the spirit of low comedy. We know what was going on. This was Al Franken goofing around, being... It's a juvenile joke. SNL personality that he was, basically. This was before he was in the Senate. So... There's going to be an ethics investigation into the whole thing. I think we can leave it at that. Well, lo and behold, the very next day, uh, some woman it was started to accuse Garrison Keillor. What does he say? Well, I, emails were involved, of course. And, uh, you know, he says, well, I, I, she was upset and I patted her on her, on her back and I didn't know that she, her shirt was, was down or something. So I don't know what that's all about. But it's ironic that Garrison Keillor is now in this, I don't even know what to call it now. It's its sort of become a kind of a McCarthyism in which real sexual assault and rape and criminal actions are starting to be confused with um, other things. And I think that's very troubling. It's a very troubling development. Uh, you know, and it just notes that I'm just going to defend Garrison Keillor here, even though I don't know a lot of the details about why he was relieved of duty. But he notes, he says, it's some sort of poetic irony to be knocked off the air by a story, having told so many of them myself, but at 75, I don't have any interest in arguing about this, and I cannot... In- conscience bring danger to a great organization I've worked so hard for since 1969. He also apologized to quote all the poets whose work I won't be reading on the radio. Sorry for the people who will lose work on account of this. You know, those are, this is where this is going. And, you know, Minnesota Public Radio has the right, uh, to fire Garrison Keeler, they apparently are going to have to replace uh, the name Prairie Home Companion with something else. And I guess the details of this sexual harassment, which is not what this is, uh, sexual harassment, by the way, is covered by federal law dating back to the 1970s. Who knows all about this? Clarence Thomas! Supreme Court Justice, just to the right of Antonin Scalia. In fact, way to the right of Antonin Scalia. Uh, He was in charge of the EEOC, in charge of investigating sexual harassment claims against companies. Unbelievable. Any calls for his resignation? No. Nope. I mean, it's it's becoming surreal. Emails dispute. Picture of Flynn as rogue actor. Contacts with Russia. During transition, aides to Trump. Tracked call to ambassador. 
Huh? <laughs> Those are the headlines from Sunday's 